Aloha, everyone. My name is Christina Laney Mitri, and welcome to Smart Living Hawaii's podcast, where we go over and discuss smart homes and technology, sustainability, healthy lifestyles, and smart business. Today, we'll continue our Sustainable Leader series and have a short talk story with Lindsay Carrera, and she is the Business Development Director of AirCare Hawaii, and she's also a health home consultant. Uh, just a little bit on AirCare Hawaii before we start. AirCare Hawaii helps create a safer, cleaner environment in your home, office, or building. From indoor air quality, extensive mold testing, allergen testing, duct cleaning, HVAC, or emergency response to environmental problems, they are here to serve and also educate you. Today, we'll dive a little deeper on ways to make your home healthier, learn some myths and facts on mold, tending to allergies within your home, indoor air quality and control. So without further ado, welcome, Lindsay. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. And a little snippet on Lindsay before we begin, like I always like to do. Lindsay was born and raised on Oahu and she grew up as a paddler for a rigger, surfing, playing water polo and volleyball. We'll dive into the water polo a little bit more, maybe some paddling. She graduated from La Pietra High School and went to college in Oregon at Southern Oregon University. Uh, also, from my understanding, a very environmental type of school as well. She yeah. made her way back to the islands and started her career with her family business in 2008. And she holds a Healthy Homes and Mold Assessment Certification. She is also currently training for her council certified indoor environmental consultant certification. Um, and she grew to love this field and how it helps many people live healthier lives over time and has seen the impact that she's making with each and every family that she encounters. So let's dive right in. All right, let's go. So let's, I always start with your background, where you grew up and what you would like to share with your listeners. So maybe your family growing up. I grew up in Hawaii, went to Pocahontas Elementary. Um, then we moved to town because the traffic got pretty nuts back then, you know, going to my private school at La Pietra. So we moved closer into town. Um, I grew up playing uh, a lot of sports, did gymnastics, ballet, um, typical family life, barbecue on the beach, camping, uh, really enjoying the Hawaii life here. Um, got together with a lot of family and friends. And then I went to high school and um, I played volleyball. And then once I graduated, I went off to, to college, which at first I didn't want to go, but my mom uh, said, you have to at least stick it out a year. It was kind of out of my comfort zone to move so far away from home. But um, after a year, I decided to stay and I had, I had a blast, you know, I mean, college life, no one's there <laughs> to watch you, but you gain your independence and, you know, new experiences and meet new friends and stuff. So it was, it was definitely awesome. Awesome. So I know you went to school there for communications, but the school itself was pretty environmental. Yeah, it is Oregon. <laughs> it is Oregon and it's Southern Oregon. So it's pretty, um, 
very green farmer markets everywhere. Their recycling system is awesome. You can literally recycle anything. Um, and, uh, you know, everyone's into the environment and making a difference. So, but that, that's not where it started for me. My, um, my auntie helped create the nature center here when I was really, really young. So I was in commercials for composting and, you know, we did a lot of hiking as a family and she also helped um, with the Audubon Society in Maui. And so, um, and my uncle's an artist. So it was just kind of almost natural for me to, to kind of find love in the environment and things like that. So um, yeah, it started from there and it hasn't ended. Yeah, and so we know each other through fr mutual friends. And then we also both joined the Eco Rotary Club of Kaka'ako and um, we're founding members, what is it? I think we're on our fourth year now. So we have definitely been doing a whole bunch of sustainable work together and volunteering together, which by the way, everyone should check it out. The Eco Rotary Club of Kaka'ako. If you guys have any questions, you let us know, we'll hook you up. And, um, but I did want to jump into uh, Air Care Hawaii because okay. I know that you just dived into what brought you to the sustainable world and it's kind of been something you were born into and of course living here in Hawaii helps Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but um but you know and wanting to take care of it helps of course and then raising families we we kind of have a very similar path in in a in a way we both went to college on the west coast and did you play water polo in college too no, just only in high school. I played water polo for about five years. So, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. we, we have this uh, common thread of uh, random things that fell into our lives and water polo is one of them. So anybody yeah. out there uh, wanting to play water polo, throw a ball around, you let us know. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm down. <laughs> so anyhow, moving on to Air Care Hawaii, I know I spoke a little bit about what it is you guys do as a company, but maybe you can dive a little bit deeper. And um, we're going to start with how the company has evolved over time. Let's go there. Gosh, my dad started the company in 1989, so I was four years old, and my mom thought he was absolutely nuts um, because you know we had a young, you know, a young family, my brother and I, and you know at the time nobody really cared about indoor air quality. So he was first. His company was called the Ceiling Cleaners, <laughs> and um, we did remove popcorn ceiling at the time, and he was. Um, then we started getting into mold and um, air duct cleaning as well. And then it also transformed into um, his consulting. And the consulting part is really like his, his passion where he goes out and helps um, commercial, you know, big, big buildings resolve, you know, people with sick building syndrome or mechanical stuff when it comes to the AC or any type of indoor environmental issue. And then uh, we got a little bit into restoration because we were already doing the mold remediation and removal and um yeah it's just kind of evolved over the years and it seems like the indoor quality um industry has just grown and is constantly evolving but you know nobody really cared about it until the last I want to say 10 years where you, now you're starting to hear indoor air quality IAQ mold um and the the field is you know ever evolving and changing and um yeah it's just something I've grown to love to do and I, I'm blessed to get to do it with my family. 
so, so that, that's another plus side yeah for sure and yeah. it's really nice to see uh your family they're a tight-knit group and i had the pleasure of going up to their place in volcano which is super cool um and <laughs> looking forward to going back <laughs> but they do they have a lot of outdoor stuff and um and this part here, focus on the indoor, is something that we don't really think about for our environment. And you know, when we talk about healthy lifestyles, it's not just outdoors, it's not just taking care of our environment, but it does really matter about indoor as well, because you know, especially during this pandemic, a lot of people have been at home more, a lot of yeah. people have been indoors more, and. Um, if you do not have good indoor air quality, it actually will be a hindrance to your health. And I think more and more people are seeing that concern. Another area that people are seeing in like California example, when they had the fires here, oh, yeah. why when they have VOG, I mean, a lot of this stuff has been coming very apparent and in top of mind and something that everybody's thinking about. Um, I know my cousins in San Fran, when they had the fires, just keeping the air out and making sure the inside air has like good. Purified, ventilated, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of that kind of thing is, is on top of mind for so many people. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wanted to go into some of the things that we either overlook because a lot of these things you don't see. So when you don't see it, you don't know it and you're not aware of it or you're not present of it so these are the kinds of things that we can um pay attention to look for um reach out to you guys for and um i wanted to start because it's always such a big thing here is mold so <laughs> let's go oh. into mold because mold ends up being one of those things that uh, in Hawaii, we don't think as much about it. In the mainland, I think they're really scared about it, but we have a lot of mildew and things like that. So maybe you can jump into some of the top myths that we hear about mold. Okay. Um, well, first, you know, you got to understand what mold is. And it's, you know, fungal growth that forms and spreads um, on damp surfaces. Um, and it also plays a very important part in, in our environment. So. I wanted to dive in with myth, mold myth number one, which I um, thought was pretty interesting. Mold has no benefits, which it's a false. Um, because mold is found in our outdoor environment, it's used in production of certain cheeses, right? Blue cheese. Um, it also is used um, in uh, the medical field, like penicillium is now penicillin, which I'm actually highly allergic to it gives me hives because I'm allergic to mold. But um, oh, so really? yeah, they, that's interesting. Yes, I'm very, I'm very well, allergic. People that are allergic to penicillin might be allergic to mold. Yeah, I mean, the good thing there's other options out there for them to use. But um, yeah, it's just it's really important. We need the mold that you know it, it breaks down organic. It helps de de decomposition in our uh, natural environment. So it's really important. We need it. So. Um, Number two, mold myth number two, repeated mold exposure won't make me sick. Um, however, you know, depending on the individual, long exposures can over time make a person sick. And actually research is finding that um, Parkinson's 
symptoms, disease-like symptoms are linked to long exposure of mold. So, um, but not everybody is, you know, equal or the same, you know, what you're allergic to may not be what I'm allergic to. So it has to do with what you're sensitive to and what you're exposed to and um, how long you're exposed to it. So um, some people, you know, you may not have common, uh, well, not common, you may not have toxic black mold in your house, but you might have common indoor outdoor mold. And if you're a sensitive person, you'll still get, you know, you'll still have those symptoms and triggers. So, yeah. Uh, mold myth number three, there should be no mold in my home. Uh, that's, that's false too. Uh, mold is everywhere. It's in the air we breathe from outside and mold spores we don't see. It's usually just mold growth we do. Um, mold myth number four, mold is always visible. That's a false. Like I said, mold spores you don't see. So that a lot of the time when we're doing our air sampling, we collect it into a cassette. We send it into a laboratory and the laboratory has to look at it under a microscope and then they identify the mold species. Unless you see mold growing all over your home, then obviously you have a mold problem. But um, So therefore it's not always visible. Sometimes it's behind walls due to a water leak or underneath carpet padding um, and also in the air we breathe. Mold myth number five, black mold is toxic. I love this one because um, the media portrays black mold to be toxic black mold. And however, there's no such thing as black mold because there's 100,000 different species out there and not all mold is toxic, you know? So the black mold that they're pertaining to is the stockies and the chitonium, which can release mycotoxins. Um, and usually you find those from a water event because they're indicative to water damage. Um, mold myth six that I wanted to point out to everybody, using bleach is a good way to kill mold. I think that's like everybody's go-to these days. Oh yeah, I sprayed bleach all over my house. And I'm like, oh, don't do that. <laughs> um, it's actually registered on the EPA site um, under the chemical to, that it's not efficient in killing mold. It actually can cause mold to grow, grow back. So I usually recommend, um, you know, oh, hydrogen peroxide it makes it helps it grow back that's interesting yeah yeah i mean and it's highly toxic to yeah. our health so i always try because i have kids at home um going the you know less toxic route for me as much as possible so i usually use like hydrogen peroxide or a mild detergent and you just make sure you wipe it and make sure the area is dry but uh bleach does not kill or eliminate mold and a lot of people think that it does and it doesn't um Sorry, I didn't, my printer wasn't working today, so I have to read off my computer. Uh, you shouldn't worry about a small spot of mold. Um, this, this depends, uh, you know, if you start seeing mold growing in your home, you have to understand why. And, you know, it's either from uh, consecutive days of, you know, high humidity that creates that surface mold. And so you're gonna wanna understand that so it doesn't come back because once spores start populating and growing, even if you eliminate it, it'll definitely come back if that problem is still, you know, remains the same. Um, or, you know, you may have a water leak of some type. So it's, you know, really important to kind of identify why that mold's there and then understand um, how to get rid of it and then make sure it doesn't come back because it can lead to a bigger problem in the future, you know, and it can create an unhealthy environment. So um, mold myth. Eight, you can clean up mold infestations yourself. Um, 
Absolutely. Uh, depending on the cause and what you feel comfortable with. Um, if it's from surface mold due to, you know, high moisture content in your home, go ahead and clean it up. Um, the EPA guidelines also says you can clean up mold up to a certain feet. So if anybody's interested, you go onto the EPA guidelines and type in cleaning up mold and it will kind of go through, you know, the procedures and protocols for you to do it yourself. A lot of time when people come to me, they're already, you know, they're, they're freaking out, they're, they're, they're worried about their health, they're having symptoms. Um, so whether it's just surface mold, we offer to provide environmental cleaning, or um, if it's from a water leak, then uh, we provide mold remediation services. And I think when it comes to especially remediation, you definitely want to hire a professional because they, they understand how to dispose of mold safely and kill it safely in your home and make sure it doesn't get dispersed all over the house. Um, so we have to follow certain procedures. Um, and so, yeah. So there's that. And then mold myth number nine, once the mold is gone, it won't come back. This is a false, a lot of people say, can you guarantee that the mold won't come back? Well, I can't because mold needs water and oxygen to grow. Like I said, it's part of our natural environment. It flies in and just depending on the material you have in your home and whether you have moisture from humidity or you had a water leak or something, it's gonna come back eventually. So. It's all about um, making sure you're be doing your due diligence and checking plumbing leaks and making sure you know you're you know you're keeping the humidity down. You watch the news when it says high humidity on there. Maybe run a dehu, have some fans going. Definitely in bathrooms, I see tons of mold and people freak out about that, but it's kind of normal because it's a hot shower and it's wet all the time. So. I always recommend to run um, an exhaust fan and help dry out those surfaces so the surface mold doesn't grow. And mold myth number 10, I have an air conditioning system so we won't have any exposure to mold. Well, having a condition, you know, air conditioning system in a home definitely helps people when they're sensitive. Um, it kind of tends to trap the outside air from coming in. So all the pollen and all the mold spores that are flying in in an open air space, if you're really sensitive, having air conditioning can potentially help. However, um, over time, those systems can become really filthy with biofilm and mold and they do need to be cleaned. And you know, a lot of people don't realize that because they don't see it, that they assume that it's clean. But a huge indicator is you know, you're leaving your home and you feel better or you're smelling musty smells or debris is coming out of your vents or you start seeing, you know, that mold growing, obviously black mold growing. Um, and we always recommend to get the system cleaned every three to five years, um, which is will also help your electric bill. Is that something your company does or is that kind of some somebody else does the AC checks and all that? Oh no, we, we come out and do an assessment and um, we do residential and commercial. Okay, actually, I just had a home inspection done <laughs> on a property yeah. and um, there actually happens to be some type of leak and they're not sure if it's condensation or from the AC. So yeah. We're gonna have to- <laughs> Anyhow, that's so funny, anyhow. Yeah. On. So, these are the kinds of things that I think we don't even think about. And then when we do think about it, we probably have a misperception of 
of it all together. So thanks yeah. for clearing up some of the myths that we might think in our head. We might not think about them and verbally talk about them, but it definitely makes you think about things and then question them. And then when we have further questions and we can come to someone like you guys uh, for answers. So maybe here's some, some random questions. I'm not too sure if we've already just covered them, but how would you say mold forms and where is it normally coming from? I know when we do our case study on our house, we'll explain that, but maybe you can just kind of quickly say how it starts. Well, it, it, well, it obviously starts outside, you know, normally, but are you talking about indoors? Yeah, indoors, like how, how are we gonna, like when, it, when it's a leak, like what happens? Usually you normally see some either, okay, so let's say you see mold growing on the outside of your wall and it's, you know, really black or a certain color and you start seeing, you know, wet water damaged materials, just assume that whatever's behind that wall is a lot more mold than what you're visually seeing. And so normally, um, you know, mold needs mold food. Um, back in the day, you know, wood houses are so much <laughs> mold food. It's, it's drywall, like paper products, anything organic material like. Okay. Um, and people don't realize that we don't build our homes in bubbles too. So sometimes there's mold spores in our building materials and all you need is some type of moisture or water leak and then boom, you're going to have mold growing. So it, it all, all has to do with water, oxygen and organic material. And um, the mold will start populating, the hyphae will start populating and growing and spreading. And the mold spores, uh, you know, become airborne when they're trying to reproduce. So as long as it has those three components, then mold will, will continue to populate. So how do you actually test for mold? Um, well, we use, uh, well, air, we provide air testing services. So we, we use a cassette, it's called spore trap analysis. And I usually like to do 150 milliliters, about 10 minute samples, just to kind of understand and get a good reading. I always recommend to my clients to have the windows closed at least 30 to 45 minutes uh, prior to my arrival and make sure, you know, they don't do a lot of major cleaning because when you clean everything, the dust and everything's airborne and it can kind of throw off my samples, it won't be as accurate. And I always um, require an outdoor sample so I can understand what naturally occurs in that specific area and how much is flying around. And then when I um, do my indoor sample, I compare the indoors and outdoors along with my uh, visual assessment. And um, usually with my mold inspection and testing services, we also look for, you know, areas that would, you know, problem areas, sinks, bathrooms, windowsills, um, toilets, any other indicators where mold might, might grow because of a, a leak or, or something like that. And, um, then we put together a report and uh, we come up with some recommendations. Awesome. Yeah. So let's see. Now that we are here and we kind of explained mold, I wanted to share our experience that we had. So real quick, uh, Lindsay and I have been friends for some time and I know that she's been in this industry, but I haven't utilized her services before. And we were talking once and I had just found out my, our son, uh, well, my husband first 
when he was younger, he had asthma um, when he was a younger kid. And uh, a lot of things that affected him was a lot of the pollen. And when he came to Hawaii, mold was a thing for him that would um, kind of aggravate his, his asthma. And so when we had our son, he's now two and a half, he's been, um, you know, sick here and there and ended up in the hospital a couple times now. Um, and a lot of it has been like his regular cold turned to pneumonia and his lungs have been really bad and it's taken much longer for him to get better. And um, he just has the sniffles a lot. And what I also was noticing is that my husband has been having the sniffles and Charlie, our daughter has also been, you know, kind of coughing a lot in the morning. And so we were just like, for me, I guess I've been blessed with not having as much allergies when I'm older. I know when I was younger in Uwano, I did, but just here, it hasn't been this bad. And so, you know, Uwano was a lot more moist and it's been like more tropical rainforest kinds of things. And, um, and everything, but where we are at is in Aiea area, which is very dry. So I never really thought of there being mold. I never really thought of that being an option, but after talking to Lindsay, she was telling us like, hey, you should really test your home. So, you know, we said, let's do it. So she came over and she did an assessment of, would you want to tell her, tell them what you did? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, and usually we don't always, um, you know, suggest air sampling. It's just a good baseline for me when people don't physically see mold growing or they don't have an obvious uh, sign. But when you called me in, um, I came in and, you know, I used my um, thermal imaging. Uh, I checked all those problem areas we discussed, bathroom sinks, window sills, and things like that. You didn't have any water leaks. I also, you know, went um, top to bottom throughout the home and look visually to see any signs of like dust accumulation or any other indicators of um, anything that would contribute to indoor air quality or, or, you know, any health symptoms. And then from there, uh, I did my sampling. I think we did 10 minute sampling. I gotta look, but, um, and I also took an outside air. So we did one in the master bedroom, your bedroom because of your hubby and then um, Eli's room. And then of course, one for the outdoor sample. Uh, so I could compare the indoors to the outdoors. So when we did this, so for everybody to know, we live on a really high floor mm -hmm. in a apartment building. And we are at the end of the building that has a lot of cross breeze. So we don't have AC in ours. And we have every single window and the bathrooms have windows. Um, bedrooms have windows and then it flows right out through the living room and out through the lanai space so the process is really great right and so we think yeah. like oh we're in Hawaii we have this clean air and it's nice that we have it it's really cool and we're not thinking that we're getting anything because we have you know air flowing all the time okay. but <laughs> but as we learned well, I think it, in, in your in your case, um, you had a house cleaner coming in and she wasn't properly cleaning. And I think that's a huge thing, like understanding that if a lot of people don't realize um, you're either allergic to pollen, dust or mold. And if you have all three and you're not properly cleaning it, it's going to build up and become, a, you know, obviously unhealthy for people who are sensitive, like your son, your husband, your daughter. 
Um, and every time you're going into a space that has that collection of dust that hasn't been cleaned because your house cleaner wasn't cleaning it properly, um, then they, you know, you take something out and then it's airborne for hours. Um, so uh, mold spores like to stick to dust. And um, so when people assume, oh, you know, I have no mold, I'm like, well, you're going to have mold because if you have dust, you're going to have mold there and I'm going to, it's going to pull up on my sample. But um, the predominant species that were found was the Aspergillus penicillium. Um, and that was, the rock count was 11,655 um, compared to 155, um, was that 155, 100, 400 per cubic meter, um, which is really high. That's like 100%. Um, and that's, that's usually, when I see that, it's usually because there's a high dust accumulation on surfaces or tucked, it was hidden, it was underneath, you know, desks and in areas you wouldn't even think to yeah, look. Like you know, everything else looks clean, you know, but there's all these other surfaces that people, if they're not cleaning, it will build up, so. Yeah, um, we found, like, when we're looking through the house, I mean, after, like, starting to really deep clean, it's like, just our walls are textured, right? And so you don't realize that the walls, even though they're white and they're, they're because they're textured, it collects all these little dusts all over. And you know, uh, yeah. you get like up on the ceiling, like close up high, and then you're like looking and you're like, oh my gosh, there's dust all over this. So then you have to wipe, wipe these white walls that you didn't realize were dirty. And, and then, then you have carpeting. The carpet, like the very yeah. corners of the carpet around the edges of where the walls meet and everything in the baseboards, like, those areas behind all the furniture and yeah. you know where your clothes are and in the closets and these little tiny places that you know the cleaners will dust everything and clean like top surfaces and then it'll look like clean but it wasn't that clean right, right. so we had right. to do the deep cleaning and after doing the deep cleaning and then the recommendation for buying a um a filter um, what was it like the air purifier well also a vacuum it's really important and most most yeah. vacuums now are made with a HEPA filtration system you also have a dog too so it's really important to you know everything gets trapped so you want to get like a high filtration vacuum system um, which helps not disperse all those particles that you're kicking up while you're vacuuming into the air which can cause people to have more allergy-like symptoms. So because I have allergies, when I'm really doing my, you know, deep cleaning of my spaces, because my kids also have allergies, I usually wear N95 masks because it, it will bother me for hours, even when I have the windows open. So um, I always recommend when people are cleaning, let those windows open, let ventilation come through because the solution to your pollution is dilution, right? With anything. So I, I love that term, <laughs> um, but also, uh, I mean, what you had was common indoor outdoor mold spores. So I mean, I mean, that's it was just like a high count that it's was very high. It's very like high. A very high count to where it's understandable. And so we ended up getting an ex. It was an expensive air purifier for their room, and I mean that alone and the cleaning all together and then we did like a deep carpet cleaning yeah. it it really like they were actually like I it it was night and day as to how much they were better like Charlie doesn't wake up coughing like 
she used to like getting out all this gullah gullahs like she's been you know sitting in it all night long because they're not we're not always home right and we're not spending as much time in our you know a small apartment we're always out and about but when it was worse is when they would get up in the morning because they've been there for eight or 10 hours, you know, sleeping. Oh, totally. And then, you know, it's, you know, with respect to your son, whether he's allergic to mold or dust, I mean, he may not be allergic to mold unless he, he had a mold test done. It may be the dust, the, the dust accumulation, but um, people who are sensitive when they have that nasal drip, and that irritation into their lungs, it's just gonna, you know, cause all this, you know, coughing and wheezing and sneezing and, you know, all these respiratory issues and concerns. So to help mitigate somebody who is sensitive with asthma or to any allergy is just, you know, reduce exposure as much as possible. And it's like, I don't tell my clients to live in a bubble, you know, it's, it's a always beautiful place. Um, I also don't tell my clients how to live. I just kind of work with what their needs are and their objective are and what they already have. Some people can't put a huge AC system in their house, you know, even though they want to, you know, but they can't afford it. So, hey, let's work with what you have and let's go through your home and let me give you some pointers. Um, some people love, absolutely love carpet, you know, even though they hold tons of pollutants in there okay, you love your carpet, let's figure out ways where, you know, if you do, if you are sensitive, let's figure out how I can help you, since you love that carpet, um, maintain, um, you know, your indoor environment. So it's all about minimizing indoor pollutants and improving indoor air quality. Awesome. So I recommend you reaching out to Lindsay and their company. If you have any type of the, this kind of, these kind of symptoms or you're feeling like, hey, I wonder about my house or, I mean, and it doesn't affect everybody the same. Like I really okay. don't have any of the problems that the rest of my family has. You're lucky. And, and, and I'm just, I did when I was little, when I was in Uwanu and maybe it's the mildew and in the, you know, so always yeah. there. And maybe it was, or maybe it was a certain pollen and type of plants that were growing in that type you of out of it too. I mean, but a drier environment for me has been better from when I was a kid. Yeah. But that's why I never thought like, you know, it wasn't until just this time when, when my husband is bringing this up that I thought it could be something with air. So yeah. it, it is. And we definitely are, um, we got a new cleaners. They come like every two weeks now and we have deep cleaning and recorder. It's yeah, no, we definitely, yeah. it's an important thing. And um, just with the kids getting sick and then trying to recover faster, especially for a little one, it, it does help a lot. So oh, these are the kinds of things that if we can help families um, with their, their air, indoor air quality, their kind of health, health, you know, healthy family lifestyles. This is this is one of them. So, let's see. Before I get into anything else, I wanted to. I know we talked about all of these things. Let's talk about a little bit more on the air conditioning and um, your the ventilation systems and the things that you do for for that and why that's important and how it's even connected to what we're talking about. Well, I consider your air conditioning system like the lungs of your home. It's it's your air delivery to every uh, occupied space in your home, your child's room, your room, the living room, any livable space. So 
Um, yes, filters, I mean, people are like, well, I changed my filters. And that is absolutely great. You know, that's really important. But a lot of people don't. <laughs> that's true. I've seen some really bad ones, you know, or they just bought a home and the home, you know, prior to them had cats. So they're not only allergic to mold, but now they have cats in their system, you know, so um, or they had renovation. How, how do you get rid of that? Just changing out the filters? Like, Wait, well, I'm totally, we're allergic to cats. Oh, so, like, so am I. I love them, but I'm allergic to cats 100%. Um, and yeah, it's just, you know, whatever, whatever it is, pets, um, you know, you had renovation done. Sometimes you have people coming in, do a renovation. When you're not there, they're running that system. Well, like, guess what? When you come back, you're going to be going, breathing in all that, you know, building material, which isn't very healthy for you either, right? Um, and it just depends on usage. And um, obviously here, we don't have that heating component like the mainland does for, uh, you know, heating our ventilation systems. We don't need it. We, we live in a tropical environment. So that environment is constantly damp and wet. And over time, mold's going to grow. Also, a lot of the time I see in our systems, we have fiberglass insulation or um, fiberglass in attic spaces. Um, so from an indoor air quality standpoint, that's not healthy either. Once fiberglass becomes, you know, deteriorated, it will become airborne and people breathe that in. So um, also it makes it really hard to efficiently clean the system in those areas. So we always offer to encapsulate it. Instead of telling you, hey, replace your whole system, why don't we encapsulate it, make a brand new surface, it becomes this hardened surface and then you don't need to do it again and then, for future cleaning, it's just the same process. You don't have to keep doing it over and over again. Um, and um, how often yeah. do you need to change your your AC filters? Oh, when, what's I think every three months is a, a good. Oh, I mean, months. every three months max, but it just depends. I mean, every system isn't created equally. Every usage isn't created equally. I mean, you know, like I said, if you have pets, I'd change it you know, maybe more frequently. Um, uh, if you're more sensitive, change it more frequently, but also think that those, the dirtier, it's kind of a weird thought, but the like, it's kind of like a screen, although your, your screens can cause your allergies too, but the dirtier it gets, it actually stops more particles from flowing in. So you just <laughs> want to change it out in a good amount of time. Um, so it continue, you know, continuously does its job. Um, and what was the other question you're gonna ask? Oh no, just just on um, just on how often to change them. Uh, and then how I, we're kind of wrapping things up here. So, okay. is there anything else you think that you would like to share, go over? Because I don't want to miss anything that they should know. No, I just always recommend. I mean, there's a lot of information on the web. Just like when I was pregnant, and I'm like on the web, and you know, it's like placebo effect, and you know can feed your mind in so many ways. And, you know, I just recommend people kind of being more aware of their, their home and, and what's going on in their home, number one, or, or how they feel. And it's not always mold. Sometimes it can be the air fresheners they're using or they're living down a busy street and it's the carbon soot coming in, or maybe it's the dust, you know? So unless you really know what you're allergic to. Or laundry um, you, detergent, that's a- Laundry that's detergent. Fragrances. New soaps. New soaps yeah. that people use. I'm telling you, like my daughter loves perfume, so do I, but she sprays it and I start sneezing for hours after that. Um, so everybody's <laughs> sensitivities are different, and that's what makes this field so unique. 
but a lot of time people are like, oh, it's mold, mold, mold. And well, yeah, mold's everywhere. I mean, so when I do my sampling and it's like lower than the outdoors and they're still telling me it's a mold issue. And I'm like, well, what you're bringing outside is higher. So maybe it's not, you know, or maybe it's a certain kind of mold or, you know, we, it's sometimes really easy and sometimes it's more of an investigative process. So um, I just tell people to be your own doctor and kind of, you know, put down a log and jot down your symptoms and obviously go see your doctor. We're not, we're not doctors, but we can certainly work with um, your healthcare professionals um, with respect to what you're allergic to. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So let's say somebody wants to get a rundown of their home, uh, get a healthy check with you. What do they do? Uh, we'll call. <laughs> um, How do they reach you? Uh, they reach Lindsay and Eric. Uh, best way is uh, myself. Well, let's not give out myself. Um, our, <laughs> our, our um, just our business line five nine three ninety six hundred. Obviously, you got to put the eight away now. Um, or they can email me at Lindsay at aircarehawaii.com um, anytime. Visit us on our website. You can fill out a contact form there. Um, but yeah, reach out anytime and we can, you know, I'm going to ask you certain questions, um, just so I can understand what's going on with you and your home or what you're experiencing. And then we can kind of finalize the best course of action. Awesome. And she was super awesome with us and walked us through everything, gave us a whole bunch of pointers. And I know in our situation, we did we were able to tackle this on our own, but should there have been a leak or there have been something more, you know, they also have those resources for you as well. So you're not sitting there trying to reach out to anybody else. They can, they kind of are a one-stop shop for, um, for this type of stuff. So yeah. anyhow, without further ado, I wanted to wrap things up and Thank I think you. that's all we have for you today. Thank you, Lindsay, so much for your time. It. I appreciate and it. Uh, for all of you, thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast at www.smartlivinghi.org. And then you can also find us on our Instagram. And if you look up smartlivinghawaii.org or that space org, you can find us and on Facebook. And until next time, live smart. Oh, yeah. <laughs>